welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. God is so good. I'm glad you came to church today. Anybody hungry for more, thirsty for more? Want more of that? It's good. Uh, we started this teaching last week on Psalm 23. And um, we're going to continue uh, in, in, the, in the teaching this morning. And I'll tell you, as I've I been preparing for today and just um, praying and just spending time with the Lord, uh, the depth of His Word is so stinking rich. It's awesome. And I love it. Um, it's fascinating when you get to really, really get uh, into the Word of God and, and, and you really just begin to make it so personal to the point where God just continues to reveal more and more and more of His truth, man. It's li- this book is life-changing. It is so life-changing. Um, and so uh, we're going to continue this morning. Last week we started in, in the 23rd Psalm. We, we got about a verse and a half in <laughs> it's amazing too because there's only six there's only six verses um and i tell you I, my aim was originally just to 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 teach this over the next two to three weeks and um the lord's really got something on this right now and so i think it's necessary that we go through this very very delicately and slowly so that we can grasp and understand what the psalmist is trying to communicate. David is a very creative writer, by the way. And this passage, it, it, it just reveals the level of creativity that's inside of him in the way that he writes it. Because the 23rd Psalm, he's writing it through the eyes of a shepherd, but he's not writing it at the point of being a shepherd. He's writing it at the point that he's already been positioned as king sitting at the table. And a lot of times what we gather when we get to the line that you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies is easy for him to understand because he's been at at the table as a king. And he knows what it is to constantly be surrounded by enemies. Anyone that tracks the life of David, enemies are constantly surrounding him. But what I love about David is... You know, he never loses his composure when it comes to the enemies that surround him because he recognized something. If I can just look to Jesus, if I can just look to the Father, man, he's going to be faithful and he's going to watch over me. He's going to protect me. He's going to guide me. Everything that's in this 23rd Psalm is the result of him trusting the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to trust the Lord with all your heart. To lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. But the interesting thing about trusting the Lord is that my faith is going to be put to the test. The simplest way that I can define faith is trust. Now I understand the Bible gives an explanation of what faith is. But the easiest way if you are new to church or if you are new to Jesus or you're new in your walk with the Lord, the best 
way that I can define faith is simply trust. Do you trust him? Do you have faith in him? And if you do, in life, you're going to walk through, as James chapter 1 says, trials. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be some testing, which, which, by the way, the word test is in the word testimony. Your testimony is your ability to walk faithful during the times of testing and knowing that on the other side of that test that you will prevail. So my testimony is the result of me acing the test. But it doesn't mean the test is always going to be easy. You following me this morning? And so David understood that the testimony of reaching the end goal of being at the table does not mean that he wasn't going to walk through some tests or go through some tests. And so he writes the 23rd Psalm from the perspective of the Lord leading him. And in his trust to the Lord, he makes it from the place of the sheepfold where the sheep gather to the place of the table. Now let me help you out this morning because while David is writing this passage from a king's perspective, he's mainly and, and, and primarily writing it through the eyes of a shepherd because he himself was a shepherd. And so he goes to great detail to note how a shepherd leads his sheep because he knows what it is to lead sheep. And so the table is not just a physical table that we can get a picture of where we gather around for breakfast, lunch, dinner. For some of you that work remotely, that's your, that's your not just your dinner table, but it's also your desk. It's not just the place that you gather around for meals. But David understood that the table is actually a geographic location on the backside of a mountain. Now, if you didn't know this, shepherds throughout the year would relocate their sheep from one location to the next because as the seasons change, the conditions in which the sheep are able to survive change. So in dry, humid conditions... You're not going to see much produce grow from the ground, so the shepherd has to relocate the sheep to a place where the sheep can graze and eat and be fed. And so the concept is, is that David understands that a shepherd is going to constantly lead his sheep to a place that they're not in lack or in want. Hence, that's why it opens up by saying, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. The Lord knows the season that you're in, and if you trust him and let him lead you, he won't leave you the way that you are, but he'll bring you to a new place, a place that you won't be in lack or in want, but you'll be in a place that is overflowing, a place that is fulfilled, a place that is protected, a place where you can thrive and be who God has called you to be and do what God's called you to do. Because if the shepherd leaves his sheep in the sheepfold for too long and the conditions of the weather changes, the sheep are not going to have what they need to survive. And the Lord did not create us to fail. The Lord created us to thrive, to have good success, to prosper, to be victorious. And so the Lord wants to lead us 
consistently and constantly to the place that we're living our life victorious, live our life where we're not broken, live a life that's fulfilled. God wants the desires of your heart fulfilled. He wants your purpose to be fulfilled. He wants the dreams that he's put in your heart fulfilled. But it starts when you trust the good shepherd. And so last week we we talked about the fact that the Lord leads the sheep from the sheepfold now to the place of the table. Again, the table, it's this backside of the mountain that's lush and green where the sheep can graze and eat and be fed and filled. It's a safe place. It's a protected place. And so the idea of the 23rd Psalm is that it is a journey. David understood his life is a journey. I want to tell you this morning, your life is a journey. Your life is a journey. And your story is not over. And if you have breath, you have purpose. You're not done. You're not over. Your life's not finished. There's more to your story. And so, as we're looking at this passage, we understand that the good shepherd is, is, is taking the sheep from one location to the next. But the shepherd understands that the journey is not going to be short. The journey is not going to be easy. And he has to make sure that he can do everything that he knows he's supposed to do as the shepherd to lead his sheep successfully from one place to the next. And along the way, the sheep are going to get tired. And along the way, the sheep are going to be hungry. And along the way, the sheep are going to be thirsty. And along the way, the sheep are going to be exposed to dangers and predators and different things that's going to try and attack. That's why he says, my rod and my staff, they'll comfort me. It's not your rod, it's his. It's not your staff, it's his. He's the one that's protecting you and guiding you and directing you. And if you remember last week, I mentioned the fact that the good shepherd, what does he do? He directs, he protects, and he provides. The shepherd protects, he directs, he provides. And his goal is to get the sheep from one place to the next. So he has to protect, he has to direct, he has to provide. And what we discovered in, in, in the second verse is that he makes us lie down in green pastures. And green pastures, by the way, is in soft, fluffy grass. That's, what, that's the idea we have in our head. In the Middle East, the green pastures was actually more of a desert-like ground that had sprigs of, of, of green branches that would come up from the ground. And so the shepherd would bring them over to these places where he would make sure that they had enough food that would sustain them for the journey. But that wasn't the final destination or else we could have just camped out in green pastures and that would have been the end of the psalm. But that's not what David said. He said, you make me lie down in green pastures. This is the part of the journey that the shepherd realizes that the sheep need reprieve, that they need a time that they can be renewed so that they can continue. And for some of you this morning when we had this worship, this was your opportunity to lie down in green pastures because you needed some reprieve in the presence of God for your journey. But the shepherd, in order for them to lie down, has to free the sheep from several conditions. And I'm quickly re-preaching last week and then we'll get to the point that I want to look at this morning. But the shepherd has to free the sheep from fear, from famine, from filth, the parasites that would try and, 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 and get a hold of the, of the sheep. 
that which could lead to disease and kill the sheep from friction because if sheep get too close together after a while they start being at odds someone was about to say buttheads sheep buttheads But as they're lying down, they're, they're, they're in a place that they're being renewed. But now, I want to read this this morning. If you've got your Bibles, look, let's look at this really quick. I want you to see this. This is like the part of the roller coaster that we're slowly getting to the top. And then once we get to that, we're going to take off and we're going to run. I say that in <laughs> the focus of today's 23rd Psalm is to be still, so... We'll see how that works. <laughs> he says this in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We just talked about that. But here, 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 here's where it is. He leads me beside still waters. I want to talk to you about still waters this morning. He leads me beside still waters. Now, if you can get a picture of this, and I'm going to need some of you to try and get creative with your imagination as we look at the still waters this morning. The still waters is not a river that the shepherd is leading sheep by. Because sheep are very, very by nature, I'm going to say it, skittish. They're timid. Anything too loud, anything too fast, they get really afraid and they, they'll retract, they'll retreat. And so the shepherd knows better than to bring them by a a large body of moving water. So the water that the shepherd's leading the sheep by, it's not a moving rapid. It's not a moving river. It's not, it's not, it's not this, this, this uh, uh, heavy stream flow of water. What the shepherd is looking at is that he leads beside still waters, which is drinking water. The still water, it's Drinking water. And why is that important? Because the shepherd knows that if the sheep do not drink, that they will become dehydrated and they will be incapable of continuing the journey. And it's important as believers that when we recognize that if we're dehydrated from the Spirit of God, it's going to be really hard for us to complete the journey and fulfill the purpose that he has for our life. And so that's why he says in Matthew 5, 6, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. God wants to fill you up so that you can continue the journey because what we're going to find out shortly is that he leads us on paths of righteousness for his name's sake, but I can't be led on a path of righteousness if I'm not filled up with the things of God. The right things that allow me to step foot in the purpose and the plan that he has for my life. And so the Lord has a purpose and a plan for your life, and he wants you to take the right steps. That's why the Bible says that our steps are ordered of the Lord. But if I'm not trusting the Lord and walking according to the, his ways, that path is going to be really difficult. Has anyone ever gotten off the path prematurely because you thought the shortcut was going to get you there quicker? only to find out that you got rerouted and your destination took a lot longer to get to. A lot of us, we want kingdom shortcuts. 
I'm not looking for kingdom shortcuts. I'm looking just to trust the Lord and allow him step by step, moment by moment, lead me and guide me to where he wants me to go. And so the still waters is the place where the sheep can drink and be refreshed. Now, what I want to draw our attention to today is that there's three areas that the sheep drink from. Lord, dropped this thought in my heart the other day. I was looking at a totally different portion of this, this text that I wanted to speak from, and the Lord just stopped me on this, and he said, did you know that there are, there are three different ways that sheep drink? I said, no, I didn't, Lord. And he said, quickly, Google it. Okay, so we pulled it up, and we, we did a little study. And then we cross-referenced it with the Word of God, and then we got into our historical background context and notes. So I'm not making this stuff up this morning, so you know. I am not a shepherd in regards to leading real sheep. (laughs) So all of this is from study. You say, where did you come up with these things? I didn't. But there's three areas that sheep drink from. They drink from the well, they drink from a ditch, and they drink from dew. If you're taking notes, the well, the ditch, and the dew. It's a good title for the sermon. I didn't give that, but I will title it now that. (laughs) The well, the ditch, and the dew. And so what happens is this, is that the still water that the sheep drink from first is from the well. And many shepherds will lead their sheep to wells that are, that are scattered throughout different geographic locations. Even at the sheepfolds, a lot of times shepherds will have wells that, 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 that they have right there that they can draw the water from to give to the sheep. And the thing that's important to understand about the well is that it is water that is drawn from the deep. And so the shepherd allows the sheep to drink the water from the deep. Now, why is that important for us as believers is because God wants us to drink from the deep things of him. God does not want shallow drinking Christians. God wants us to be able to go deeper in the things of God so that we can discover the deeper things of God. The Bible says in Corinthians... That eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, near either entered the heart of man the things that God's prepared. So he's got things that are prepared for those that love him. But catch this, it goes on and it says this, now the spirit searches the deep things of God. And who knows better the things of God than the spirit of God? For the spirit of man can only figure out the things of man. But when I get the fullness of the Holy Spirit inside of me, it allows me to see what I have not seen so that I can do what I have not done. And maybe you're stuck in a place of life right now. You're in a snag that you can't see past what is going on in the present. And the Lord is saying, I want you to drink from some deeper waters so that you can understand deeper things that I have for you. The woman at the well, John chapter 4. Jesus shows up, says that he was weary, he was thirsty. He has this encounter with her. She was a Samaritan woman. Jesus was a Jew. They should not have been having conversation because according to culture, those two 
Different people groups were at odds with one another. To make matters worse, she was a woman and Jesus says, woman, give me a drink of this water. On top of that, we know John chapter 4 is that she was not only at the well getting water for herself, but for her household in which her household was that she was in an adulterous relationship, so she was in sin. So here's Jesus talking to a sinful woman who according to culture they should have never been talking and he says, can I get a drink please? I am so thirsty. And she looks at him wondering, why is he asking me this? But as the story unfolds, she begins to say to Jesus, or excuse me, Jesus says to her, if you understand the gift of God that's in front of you, it wouldn't be me that's asking you for water, it'd be you asking me for water. And in this encounter, when this woman begins to have this dialogue with Jesus, she recognizes that the Christ, the Son of the living God, knew deep, deep things about her that no one else knew. So why is that important? It's important because when you're in relationship with the Lord, there will be things that you didn't even realize about yourself that the Lord will allow you to discover. So the sheep drink from the well, from the, from the deep place. I want to go deeper in the things of God. Anybody come this morning with expectation? Would you expect God to move in a mighty way? Allow the Lord to encounter you and experience a sign, a wonder, a miracle? You had expectation? Anybody have expectation? Now, there's a difference between expectation and anticipation. I'm expectant all the time. I love expectation. Expectation tells me about the outcome. But in anticipation, it allows me to be able to discern the moment of what's taking place. And so I don't want to just come with expectation, but also anticipation. See, I was a baseball player growing up. And I played outfield. And so when good hitters came up to bat, it was an obvious, I was expecting them to hit the ball. But the more that we played a lot of the teams over and over, I got to learn the good baseball players that would come up to bat, that how I could anticipate the way they were going to swing the bat, where the ball was going to go, so that I could be in the ready position to receive that ball or catch that ball. So what are you trying to tell me this morning, Pastor? We all have expectation Hopefully, we've got enough faith to stir up for expectation. But the more you know the deep things of God, you can anticipate the moves of God, allowing you to be in position to make the most of that moment. Okay, that went over a lot of your heads. I didn't come in just expecting the Lord to do something. I came in saying, Lord, I'm anticipating a move of God in which I'm going to encounter everything that I can get. So whatever you don't get, I'm taking with me when I leave from here this morning. Because I didn't just come with expectation. I'm anticipating a mighty move of God. And the more that I understand the ways of the Lord, the more I can anticipate how he's going to move in my life. So we want to go deeper. The sheep drink from the waters from the deep. They also drink... From the ditch. 
Now hear me on this. The ditch is an area in which the shepherd would carve out into the ground. And when streams of water would begin to pour, because again, the sheep are scared to get too close to moving water, the shepherd would would carve out a ditch in the ground so that that water could spill into, so the water would become still water, so the sheep now can drink of it and be refreshed. Now this is important because the shepherd could just carve out a ditch in the ground and the sheep could drink, but if the shepherd does not insulate it or lay it with stones on the inside, parasites and and filth can make its way into this carved out ditch contaminating the water that the sheep drink from. And so what the shepherd will do is he will lay stones on the floor and around the walls, much like how we see in swimming pools. We don't just dig a ditch in the swimming pool and fill it up with water and all jump in. That would just be a giant mud puddle. But what do we do? We, we, we lay it with a type of material that insulates it so that the things that don't belong can't get in. So the shepherd understands this, and so this is what he does when he digs out the ditch. So that when the sheep come, they can drink from the purified, still water. I'm going to ask you this question this morning. What ditches are you drinking from today? Are you drinking from the pure water that comes from the Almighty God? Or are we just hopping in any ditch that we can get a drink from? Dare I say, that's the problem with most people today, is that we're so thirsty, we're willing to drink from dirty ditches that we've got no business drinking out of. And we think that it's filling us up, but it's doing the very opposite. It's just contaminating us more and more and more. We've got the dirty ditches of bad relationships. We've got the dirty ditches of of different things that has kept us in bondage, whether it be drugs or alcohol or pornography. We've got all these ditches that we're trying to drink from that's not giving you freedom. It's not giving you deliverance. It's not giving you refreshment. It's only contaminating your life, keeping you from being able to fulfill the journey that the Lord has for you. You follow me this morning. And so what he does is he lays this foundation of stones so that the water as it pools up and becomes still, it's clean water. The Bible says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And when I have the chief cornerstone as the foundation of my life, then everything that's built upon it will be pure, will be righteous, will be holy. Now in order for the sheep to actually drink from these ditches, they have to stand in the ditch. Have you ever stood over water before? Have you ever looked over still water before? What do you see? A reflection If you ever look over still water, pure water, clean water, you can see the reflection. All of us with unveiled faces being transformed into a greater image and glory of God. It's reflected like a mirror. When I'm not allowing the world to be the veil over my face and I can stand in the living water of God that's found on the foundation stone of Jesus, I can see the reflection of Christ, of who I am in him. It's the place of reflection. It's a place that I can see who God's called me to be. 
that I can be reminded I'm a child of God. I can be reminded that I'm a chosen generation, that I'm a royal priesthood, that I can walk according to, to his ways because, because I'm one of his sons or maybe you're one of his daughters, that I can see who I am out of the reflection. And so the sheep, they get into the ditch and they stand on the firm foundation being able to see the reflection as they're drinking of the still water. But then we have the dew. I love the dew. The dew is interesting because the dew that the shepherd leads the sheep to drink of is really the result of an outpouring of rain. If you didn't know how dew forms on the grass, it's when rain begins to hit the ground and the ground is so saturated that with the cool air, the condensation, that all of a sudden that these little drops of water begin to form on the top of the grass blades. And, and in some places it can be so thick that you can almost like lick it up like it's a full drink of water. Have you ever seen dew on grass before get so thick? I used to hate that in sports. And whenever we had to play early morning games, it'd be, so, it'd be like a slip and slide. And so the shepherd will bring the sheep to this place where the dew is really rich on the ground. It covers the ground. And it's interesting because the dew really speaks to God's provision and his prosperity for his children. The Bible talks about how when the dew from heaven falls or comes down, that we eat of the fat of the land because it is the water, it is the saturation that will allow things to grow, good things to grow. And so the sheep, they will drink from the dew of the grass. And the dew of the grass a lot of times, you'll like this, the dew of the grass a lot of times is, is upwards on the mountain, hence where we get the Name Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's just not yellow. <laughs> and so the sheep understand, though, that the dew is at its best, at its richest, at its fullest early in the morning. Now at nighttime, it's not there. But as the night progresses, the dew begins to formulate. What does the psalm say? Sorrow in the night, but joy will come in the morning. Don't get weary for what you're seeing at night. God's about to do a new thing. When morning time comes, a new thing. And so the dew, it forms up on the grass, but you got to be there early. See, this is why it's so important that you get alone first and foremost with the Lord in the morning. And this is really the difference between a lot of people that are really anchored walking with the Lord and walking in the fullness of what he has because they understand the priority that the dew, the water, is richest early in the morning. And so as the day goes on, that water begins to dry up. And what you could have had on the early part of the morning is not as substantial as the day progresses. 
And so those that set the priority to say, Lord, I want to be intimate and go deep and I want to get alone with you, I'm going to do it earlier in the morning when the word is at its richest for my life, when the distractions are pushed aside, and my children hopefully are still sleeping, and my phone's not going off, and I'm not checking emails, and I'm not getting caught up with all the things that's going on in the day, I can drink of the dew when the water is at its best. And so they drink from the well, the ditch, and the dew. The well is dealing with God's intimacy. The ditch is God's purity. The dew is God's prosperity. Because the dew covers the ground. Think about the children of Israel. The manna that they ate from heaven, if you go back into Exodus, is the result of the dew that formed up on the ground and the manna was produced from the dew. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, do the dew every day. Let me, Lord, let me get it. I want more. I want more of your word. I want more of your presence. I want more of you, God, in my life. Because when I go deeper with you, when I get more of you, God, I get to live this abundant life, this full life. To full capacity. I want full capacity. Do you want full capacity? Do you want full capacity? So he says, lead me beside still waters. I'm going to close with this this morning. You lead me beside still waters. The still waters is the quiet and still place before the Lord. quiet in the still place before the Lord, that the Lord can give me rest, replenishment, still waters is the place of reflection. For some of you as you're going into this week or as you're getting still before the Lord, you're going to reflect on some things. I love reflection so much. Reflection is really a time of introspection, and it also allows room for renewal and revise. But when we're going so fast throughout life, and the world's competing for our attention, and things are constantly working to take our focus, I don't have time to be renewed and to revise. And so I'm going in one direction, and the Lord's saying, hold on a second. Red flag, red flag, red flags everywhere. Don't go this way. But if I am not being still to have a moment that I can reflect on where I'm actually supposed to be going, then I can totally lose control and veer off into a different direction. But a stillness. I'm trying to help you this week because I think the biggest miss that happens in the body of Christ is we don't learn to be still. We want the wave pool wonders. We want the loud, big, explosive, blockbuster action moves of God. But every time you see one of those big moves of God, it came because a man or a woman first and foremost got still before the Lord. 
You want excess, God wants access. And the only way that you can have excess is if the Lord has access to your heart, which means you have to get to a still place and drink from the water of his word, which is life-giving. So what happens? Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost. They're all gathered together in one accord. Resting in the stillness before the Lord. Reflecting on the promise of the coming Holy Spirit that Jesus told them about. Only to be replenished and fulfilled by the Holy Spirit that would be poured in and come upon them. What took place in that moment started when people were willing to get still before the Lord. You want to see more of God? You want to see God move greater? You want to see God do greater? You got to get still. You got to get still. Lord, let us be a people that can be in the stillness of you because in the stillness of you, I'm refreshed. That's for certain. In the stillness of you, I'm renewed. In the stillness of you, I'm revived. I'm restored. Lord, let our hearts to be to, to drink of your still water. Because we know when we are able to be led beside the still water and drink of the still water, there you restore our soul. I believe today the Lord just wants to touch your heart. Some of you have been so busy, so caught up with other agendas, personal agendas, political agendas, financial agendas, agendas for this, agendas for that. And the Lord's saying, what about my agenda this morning? Can you be still in my agenda for a moment? Because I want to pour something fresh and new into your life. I want to do something fresh and new in your life. God, we want to be people that want your excess, but Lord, let us just be in the stillness so that you can have access to our hearts today. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you've just been so busy being busy that you just feel so disconnected from, from the Lord. You feel like you've been led beside everything else, but this morning as you have had a time being immersed in God's presence in worship and hearing this word, you say, man, I got to be still before you, Lord. But if that's you this morning, you just been, man, I, I just feel so overwhelmed. The heaviness of life has been overtaking me. I feel mentally distraught. I feel emotionally overwhelmed. I feel physically I'm breaking down. God, I need a shifting. I need something to change. I'm here to tell you, let the Lord lead you beside the still 
water. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.